Ahoy and welcome to the August All at Sea podcast. I'm Gary Brown, Editorial Director of All at Sea magazine, the Caribbean, South Florida and Bahamas' favourite waterfront magazine. In this edition, we meet the remarkable youngsters who sailed around the world, climb the mast of a square rigger and talk about yacht safety. Two years ago, St Martin yachtsman Allard Stam loaned his 52-foot boat, Carina 4, to a group of young people and told them to sail it around the world. And they did. Just one month ago, the young sailors, who all grew up together on St Martin, returned to the island to a hero's welcome. Although crew changes were made along the way, as people left to earn some money, Captain Max Lupser and his partner Kippy Gilders completed the entire circumnavigation. I was on the dock as they stepped ashore at the St Martin Yacht Club, and this is what these lovely people had to say. Max, welcome back Thank you. Uh, to St Martin after a two-year magnificent circumnavigation of the world in uh, Carina. Uh, yep. This boat lent to you, or given to you, with the express purpose of sailing it around the world. Yes. You fulfilled the dream, the dream of the owner, your own dream, and the dream of the crew. How does it feel? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know yet. <laughs> it, uh, it, was, it, it almost felt like nothing had happened when we were in St. Bart's and but coming through the bridge now I think it really hit us at, at what how amazing it was and how nice it was to be home and, and um, the mission completed and how old are you uh, 25 now so 25 and you skip at this boat around the world I heard uh, the other reporter asking you you had no problems and that's absolutely remarkable isn't it yeah well I think um, when you when you understand your boat because I knew the boat before for uh, for many years I'd sailed it already so I just the small things you know where everything is you know the stresses of the boat you know how the boat sails you know what's not good for the boat and you also just respect the boat then uh, things don't break because we have we have very good very well designed boat with its really good equipment she looks in good shape she looks in the same condition as when you left yeah i would even go as far as saying better because um she's she's been she's been cleaned you know she's she's exactly what she needs to be there's no extra bits and pieces it's uh it's streamlined you had almost the same crew the whole way around. You did pick up crew on the way, yes. but the core crew stayed with you, right? Yes. Um, technically, it was only Kippy and I that uh, did the full circumnavigation, but uh, Laura, who left us in Asia to, to come back home for a while, she rejoined us in Trinidad. So um, she came back, and apart from the others, they, uh, they, they had to leave just, to, just because of uh, money issues and things like that. Now, you came across to South Africa. You didn't go up the Red Sea. Why did you make that decision? Well... The, um, the initial plan was to go through the Suez just because I'd never done it before and I might not get the chance. However, the, um, the reports of, of piracy and activity in the area was... Um, there, there were reports when we were planning to go through there. And even though there are very good things in place for yachts to come together and do it, um, we were very excited to go to South Africa as well, so it seemed like an easy choice. This is Kippy Gilders here and View to Partners. You sailed all the way around with Max. Yeah. He must be uh, your hero. Of course he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, 
You never argued, did you, all, all that time? Oh, yeah, no, we, we never argued. Never? <laughs> <laughs> you know we'd be lying if we said that. Okay, and who was the skipper? Max was the skipper. Okay. Oh, what do you mean, like... Well, I mean, did you make some decisions too? Uh, we all made decisions mutually, I think. Like, Max, he made the big plan based on weather and geography, and then all together we'd work on it, you know? So it was open, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. And how many countries did you visit? Uh, I think we counted something like 45. And any favourites? I think they're all good in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Cape Town, I'll go back, definitely. You like Cape Town? I like Cape Town. Okay, what was the longest trip that you made, the longest time at sea? The longest, the longest time at sea, which it doesn't sound so much, but it was 17 days when we went from Galapagos to Marquesas. But uh, we had one of, that was the most amazing piece of sailing that we did on the entire two years. It should have taken us over three weeks, but it took us 17 days. It was just 15, 20 knots after the beam. We had asymmetrical going. We were doing 10, 11, 12 knots all the time. Um, the Pacific has no swell, uh, has no waves. It's just gradual swell. So we were. It was just really, really nice sailing. Kippy, you look very fit and healthy, like you've been on some kind of fantastic diet. <laughs> I mean, what kind of food have you been eating on this voyage? Uh, well, in the Pacific, we were extremely healthy. It was just fish and cabbage, basically, <laughs> with some rice, you know, the odd rice. But we were catching fish every day, so it was just tunas, mahi-mahi, wahoo all day. And lately, it's been less, like, there's just less fish in the ocean, so we've had to make do with vegetarian diets, so lots of beans, lots of rice again. Yeah, lots of grains. It's a favourite question, I have to ask it. Any scary moments? Yeah, um... Like we say, we've had two scary moments where where we can remember, and it's only based on weather. They they were scary initially, but then it actually turned out to not be so bad. Um, but it, we sailed in front of a cyclone in Australia. We were anchored inside an atoll, and we had to leave the atoll in 40 knots, and it picked up to 60, and we had to race towards the coast of Australia to get out of it. But it was straight downwind, and our apparent wind was not, not very bad, and uh, we made really good time, and we made it 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so there was no trouble there. And in South Africa, we were hit by a, a southeaster, a buster coming, sorry, a southwester, uh, coming up the coast, which was also about 50, 60 knots. That one was a bit more hectic because it lasted for two days. But um, it was more the, the sea conditions, the 10-meter uh, swell, which was daunting. But at the same time, it, there was nothing life-threatening about it. Any nastiness ashore? Did you meet any bad things, bad people? No, actually. We were surprised because uh, we weren't originally going to go to Papua New Guinea because we hear it's so threatening, but we met some of the nicest people in the world there. So, no, I, I wouldn't say we felt threatened at all. For anything, probably St. Vincent we felt the most threatened in. And that it was strange anchorage, yeah. Really, St. Vincent back in the Caribbean. Yeah. What was it like to come back through that bridge, the Simpson Bay Bridge? Uh, I think that's the point where we actually realised um, how amazing it was and, and we had a little bit of butterflies in our stomach. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Congratulations on a magnificent voyage. And uh, we hope to see you around the Yacht Club. And, of course, we hope you prosper. I guess you're going to work on yachts and uh, carry on building up your uh, resume. Keep you what you're going to do. I'm going back to the Netherlands to get a master's degree in environment. I now have Petra with me. And Petra's Kippy's mum, a very, very proud mum. And she's been following the voyage all the way around the world having a big cuddle and another with lots of cuddles <laughs> Petra what was for you the hardest part of all this um, just not FaceTime with Kippy we've got Skype we do Facebook Messenger we, we send photographs and, and I mean it's, it's a wonderful thing it's, it's, it no, really keeps you close but you're a very experienced sailor yourself you've done ocean crossings yes were you a bit scared for Kippy out there never <laughs> no never 
I was a little bit worried when she took a very long time to go from Seychelles to the Comores. <laughs> right, she took some detours because of the pirates. And, and that's just... But, but uh, for experience on the water, no, not at all. Now, I know you miss Kippy. Kippy, did you miss your mum? Of course. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> but you did see each other on the way around. No, no. not at all. No, not at all. You didn't two. see each other in South Africa? No. no. Oh. No. So this is the first time... In two years. In two years. Uh-huh. All right, well, I feel like I'm intruding yeah. now, because no, you've got no, lots no. of catching up to do. <laughs> but it's really nice to see you two together and smiling and happy. Congratulations to you both. Thank you. Captain Max Loopser and Kippy Gilders round the world sailors on their return to St Martin just over a month ago. Now, you will be able to read about their amazing circumnavigation in a future edition of All at Sea, and I must tell you that the boat they sailed was kept in good condition throughout their voyage by the generosity of Budget Marine, the Caribbean's leading chandlery. A word now about All at Sea magazine and where you can find it. All at Sea is distributed throughout the Caribbean basin from the Panama Canal, the southern and northern island chain, including the Bahamas and South Florida. You can pick up a copy at marinas, boatyards, ship stores, yacht clubs, boaters' bars or marine service providers. If you can't pick up a hard copy, then fear not. You can download the entire magazine for free as a PDF by going to our website, allatsea.net. And copies going back several years are available. This month, our stories and features cover sailing, super yachts, sports fishing, yacht racing, cruising, Caribbean food, and a lot more. In my editorial, I talk about safety at sea. Here's a sample. During my seagoing career, both commercial and leisure, I've seen some serious accidents, including loss of limbs, concussion, drowning, and death by electrocution. All at sea is dedicated to promoting leisure sailing, and the carefree lifestyle that goes with it, and you might think it's strange that I brought up the subject of accidents at sea, but it would be remiss of us not to touch on the subject, if only as a gentle reminder to take care. Now, I'm not immune to shipboard accidents, and have a good few scars to prove it. Sailing is an activity that often calls for snap decisions, reflex actions to prevent a situation from escalating. These snap decisions can go both ways. For instance... We were crossing the Mona Passage at night when we were hit by a massive squall. The wind picked up and continued to increase until I feared for the safety of the boat. The mainsail was already well reefed and the staysail came down at a run. The crisis was at the end of our ten-foot bowsprit where the ancient furling system jammed and the thrashing jib threatened to bring down the entire rig. The only way to solve the problem was to drop the whole furling system, stay and all. That meant a trip to the end of the bowsprit, to gather everything in and lash it down before it went under the boat and caused even more mayhem. My decision was instant and instinctive. I threw off my harness and life jacket and climbed out onto the bowsprit. This was not bravado. I threw them off because I knew they might snag at a time when full freedom of movement was vital. Swift action saved the day, and the mast. Another example of a reflex action almost led to tragedy. My wife and I were sailing on a boat with friends when the skipper's beloved Mount Gay cap blew off and he immediately leapt over the side in pursuit. His wife went into screaming panic while we sat looking at each other in disbelief. 
The boat, completely indifferent, sailed on at seven knots, the autopilot caring little for the unfolding drama astern. We got the guy back on board, but he almost drowned. In both these scenarios, reflex actions took over. I certainly don't condone diving overboard to save a hat. I'm all for careful planning. The trick is making the right choice. If you'd like to uh, read more of that editorial, you can do so by picking up the magazine or by downloading the PDF. And while we're talking about reading, if you're looking for a good book, something full of action, then take a look at the latest in the Caribbean series, Caribbean Deep, a high-action thriller about human trafficking. If non-fiction is more your line, and you like true stories about the sea, then Biscay, our ultimate storm, might give you a few sleepless nights. The short e-book describes how my wife and I survived almost a week in the Bay of Biscay after our boat was rolled over twice and dismasted during a Force 11 storm, that at one point saw us both over the side. Both books are available as a download from Amazon for Kindle or Smashwords. Now, in the last podcast, I showed you around the Brigantine Tres Hombres. This month, I take you up the mast. Please excuse my gasping, as my wife keeps pointing out, I'm not 24 anymore. Right, I'm getting in the harness now, because I'm going to have a go at going up the mast. I'll get as far as I can before I start gasping for breath. Uh-huh, and the harness is on the deck, and I have to stand in it, and so I'm going to put the, uh, the microphone down while we get this thing sorted out. Here we go. All right, now, what do I do next? Just put your feet one through there, with that going on your back, you know. I'm emptying my pockets, just in case uh, I don't want to drop stuff, and if I do fall, then you can have the stuff that I've left behind. Okay, face that way. Left foot goes here, right foot goes there. What? Your right foot goes there. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh-huh. And then the uh, green ones come up over your shoulders like this. And then... Um, and then this is your uh, your lifeline clip, right? Yep. So they work like that. You can also use this as you feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, you can climb up and then just clip in when you're up there, or if you feel like you want to go as you go, feel free you. to do that. Right. And then there's this ring, or there's a ring on the side here that you could clip it on, like I do here. Just anyway. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Right, we're good. I'm harnessed up. I'm going to try this. It's going to be a bit difficult. I'm going to tr- yeah. maybe put the recording equipment in my pocket and hope it'll just good. keep on running. And if not, well, I'll have to tell you all about it when I get down on the deck. Yeah, you might be able to stick this somewhere. I'm not sure. Yeah, there you go. Let's try that. Yep. I think we're going to get a lot of uh, microphone noise and cable noise here, but we're going to give it a go. Um, you want to follow me or you want me to go up under you? I'll follow you. Okay. So here you just kind of jump up onto the rail. All right, after you. Yep. I'm on the outside of the uh, rat lines now, on the bulwarks, standing on the cap rail. So you want to get under this, and sometimes you got to watch because these things will catch on right, I'm with you. your harness. So you just kinda... I'm with you. That's just quite an experience for me. Again, it's not the first time by any means that I've, I've climbed the rigging or been in the rigging mm-hmm. of a sailing ship, but uh, it's a long time ago. Right. And... Uh, So far, so good. So these get narrow. Yeah. But you probably want to get one foot into here. Right. And then you put the next one up on. Will do. And you're holding on to the outside of this at the same time. Yep. And then there's a wooden one here. It takes a little bit of muscle to pull your up. Okay. Now the rat lines, as they always do when they get to this point, 
Not at all. Just, you know, if you want to feel comfortable to uh, clip in before you try this. Yeah. Then that all right down. So now I've got to go around this platform. I'm just looking at it carefully, and uh, before I make my move, I could clip on, but I think I'm all right. Okay. Famous last words. Yep. Uh, foot twisted. Yeah. I'm good so far. Yep. Yeah. Wow, I'm like right out, right back. Now, and I'm up on the platform. Yeah. What do you call this platform? The platform. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure what it's the. Uh, the what? Four top. The four, the four top. top. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Yep. It's a good workout, right? Eh? Yeah, it is. It is, and. Uh, you know, I uh, started this about two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, first time I came up, I was a little nervous and, and you know, a little uh, uneasy about it. Every time I go up, I feel more comfortable. And, no. Well, the view from here. Uh, not just the view of the uh, of the bay of uh, Grand Cas Bay, but uh, looking down at the ship and looking at the blocks and the rigging, you get a close-up view of this top mast. Uh, first part of the mast finishes here. The second part of the mast goes up further. You can see how it's rigged, the shackles, the iron bands, the sails, how they're hanked on. It's a wonderful yeah. experience because it really is a true, true sailing ship. There's no engine in this ship at all. What, Amazing experience. What amazes me is that the people around you built this thing too. That all these pieces were hand built. All these blocks were put together by hand. They yeah. were bought by machines, you know. All the yards, all the, the metal work was, was done by these people and everything. And all the, uh, the serving on the, on the lines were all done. Absolutely amazing. It's a yeah. stunning ship. Um, it's a real honor to be on board with you guys. Yeah. Do you want to go for more? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we're uh, Taran, so if, once you get up by those buckets, it's going to get a little dirty. Right. But uh, we can go right up. Well, so I guess down narrow up there. I thought you could probably go and stand on here at least, right? Let's do that. Stand on the masthead. Stand on the masthead, yeah. Do a little jig for you. Right. Wasn't that the punishment that they gave the guy? I think, kids, it, right? <laughs> yeah, get up there on the masthead, you right. scurvy dog. Right, right. Ah. I'm following David again. Whoa, I can't get that leg over that now. Yeah. Microphone is hanging in. We've got lots of wind. And there's a great big pot of tar above my head. So if I tip that on myself, yeah. I'm going to be in big shit. Okay. <laughs> I'll pull it away for you. Okay, I'm up. Yeah. One more. One hand there. One hand for the ship. One for me. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, I'm going to clip on. Good. Okay. Um, to what? I'm not sure. So uh, always do uh, standing rigging as opposed to running rigging. So these days work as opposed to the uh, the lines. So. Right, David, where do I clip? Uh, you could just clip to right here. Would work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm clipping on because the motion of the ship up here now is more pronounced, yeah. and there's something on this mast. It's uh, tallow. From, tallow. Uh, beef fat. Okay. Yeah. So it's slippy, yeah. and my hands are now covered in tar. I'm getting the real experience here. It's brilliant, but um, I can definitely feel the motion of the ship. Yeah. So I'm clipped on. And uh, what? there's another uh, couple of uh, well, 20 feet to go. I'm not going to go any higher because of the way the, the guys have been tarring everything. And I'll just be absolutely covered in it. But a wonderful experience, and you can get a feel of what it must be like to be up this rig in a seaway. And this is just a small ship, because the bigger ships 
the old Cape Horn ships, they just towered above this too, so you get a real feeling of our old traditional, the nerve it takes to sail these ships, the skill it takes to sail them, and I'm just full of admiration for the crew of the Tres Hombres, and they really do deserve to do well. David, thank you for uh, bringing me up here. Did. All you got to do now is get me down. Uh -huh. So, uh, you ready to go or you want to uh, go up a little bit? We can go. Okay. Are we going to slide down the rig like we did in the old days or are we not? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how <laughs> to do that. But, uh, All right. It, yeah. Right, so, David, uh, I think I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, come around, yeah. Then if I fall, like you said, you can catch me. Yeah, yeah, and then you can... Because uh, often <laughs> going down could be the, uh, yep. the trick. Yep, yep. Oh, that wind up here, you can hear it more, you can feel it more, eh? Yeah, and then in the swell, the masts go... Yeah, yeah. Sliding back and forth. I was on one ship uh, many years ago uh, at anchor in a shallow bay, and she was hitting the bottom. And I was on the top mast, oh, and when every time she touched the bottom, it came right up the mast. The feeling was unbelievable. Right, right, yeah, very, very scary. Uh -huh. Now the trick here is not to forget to unclip, yeah, right, or else I'm going to be hanging there like Stop like a bauble on a Christmas tree. Okay. All right, let's. Uh... So you push, yeah, with your palm there. You push with your palm, then... All right, the powerful clips, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, you might want to do that. That's fine. Yeah, I'm going to hook okay. again. Try to hold on to these, uh, the, the black parts, not the... Uh, right. All right, I've got a good view right down into this tar bucket now. Wonderful. Oh, oh I'm going to get some for my wife for perfume. Right, there you, go. you know, she can wear it. When we had our old wooden boat, we, no. we had pine tar and pitch and the whole thing. And, and that smell, I grew up with that smell on the east coast of England, oh. of the old ships there. Right. And it always takes me back, brings back great memories. Okay. So, wonderful stuff. Uh -huh. Here we go. All right. Alright, I'm good. And then uh, remember this time you might be a little slippery from all that. Yeah. You hold on and uh, you try to get a foot on that one wooden piece. You try. Alright, I like that. You try. I'm following you and... Oops, stand on David's head. I'm good. Alright, David. Yep. This is the coolest experience I've had for a long time and... Uh, I hope this we're recording all right. No, I'm not quite sure. Okay. Uh, that works, so there's one about a foot above it. I'm good there. Got it, I got it. I just need to unclip. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And my safe arrival back on deck wraps up this month's podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in touch about the podcast or about the magazine, then email Gary at allatsea.net. You can also contact me through my website, garyebrown.net, where you can also find out more about those books. In the next podcast, Sports Fishing for Beginners, What You Need to Buy. We talk to a tournament-winning fisherman who also sells fishing tackle for a living. Till next time, safe sailing.